we all want to invest money and we spend our money, we spend our dollars usually with a, a little bit of emotion these days, right? We want to know that we're tr the business we're giving money to, we can trust them. And we need to have that level of know and like as well. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name is David, co-host and producer. We've got another great episode lined up for you today that features another amazing entrepreneur and fellow social media expert at that. We have Nikita Brown. Uh, she is the content creator, social media strategist, and planner at the Travel Agent Collective. Her best self is when she is sitting in her yoga pants with a messy ponytail in her office, cooking up engaging and interesting online content for clients so that they can achieve their business goals. She spent four years in school studying communications and public relations, and over the past seven years, she has helped companies scale their brands and their revenues by harnessing the power of social media. She's here today to add a new perspective to the social media world, help you free up some of your time and get your business seen on social media so that you can attract engaged followers. Nikita, welcome to our show today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. It's been a long time coming. It, it has been and, and we are very excited that we were able to find a time for you to come on and, and do this. So thank you. I'm super excited to chat. I'm always excited to chat about social media. Yeah, good. And 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 we are too. So that's awesome. Um, we're going to start things off like we normally do. So why don't you just start with uh, sharing with our audience a little bit about you. So maybe your background, your experience, and, and uh, how you got into social media. Absolutely. So, I mean, I've always been a creative and an an entrepreneur at heart. When I was in university studying communications, I took my first sort of creative class. It was a photography class in my first year. I took as a general studies uh, to kind of just tick the boxes on the electives and I loved it. So I took photography class and, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed 20 year old was like, I'm going to buy another camera and I'm going to start a photography business. So that's what I did. I started a photography business and that was back when social media was like pretty brand spanking new. It was like, 2010. So back then you got like 100% reach on your Facebook page. Mind blown, right? I wish we could go back to those days, but I started a photography business and within a few months I was, you know, making five figures, doing pretty well and did that throughout my university career. And then I segued into my actual, you know, working in my field within two months though of working full time at, uh, in communications, I the entrepreneurial bug bit again, and I decided to launch a media company. So I launched an online publication focused on arts, culture, food, and news to, to help millennials stay engaged in the city that I was living in at the time. And it was a massive success. It wasn't at first. At first, I was like, where are all the people? Um, I'm pretty sure the first month, my mom and my friends were the only ones that read it. Bless <laughs> their hearts for supporting me. But within three years, I'd scaled it up and was reaching over a million people online. So, and that was really where I learned a lot of what I teach today, which is those like grassroots. I like, I had no marketing budget when I started this thing. I was $0 budget. Thankfully at the time, social media was a little bit easier. You know, you got more reach, you could achieve things a little bit quicker at that time. And, um, so we were just putting out content like crazy and we we're really 
I can talk a little bit more later about some of the strategies we use to get eyeballs on our content, but that's really where I learned those very grassroots strategies to reach people, engage with them, and to create an audience that is really invested in what you had to say. So that's what I teach travel agents today. And so, um, why uh, why did you choose to, to pick the travel niche? Was that... Uh, your love of travel coming out and you kind of wanted to merge your two, your two passions, social media and travel together, or was there another reason why you chose that niche specifically? So it kind of happened by accident. Um, in about, I think it was 2018, some good friends of mine who had been working in the travel industry for over a decade creating content, they were like, you're good with a camera. Um, you want to travel and take some photos and maybe help us with some video? You can help us, you know, be a production assistant. And, and I was like, of course, you know, where's the plane ticket? Let's go. Yes. I'm totally happy to do that. And then that turned into, wow, we have all this content. Can you help us roll it out on social media and help our clients roll it out on social media? So it makes sense. Like use some of those grassroots strategies, you know, to get eyeballs on the content. And so that's how I first segued into the travel industry. And in the process of doing that, I did one project in particular. It was Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, we were doing a project with their fam trip and it had a lot to do with Instagram. And that was really where I saw some of the gaps in the market and the opportunity to help travel agents level up their social media game. Of course, at that time, I was super busy and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I want to do something. I don't know what it is yet. We're going to revisit this idea at some point. And I didn't have the time to revisit that idea until over a year later. And I started building the collective a year ago today, actually. Oh, wow. um, I started doing some market research and really, I think, well, we'll get come back to this probably as we talk a little bit more about the engagement, but getting really, really specific about my niche and who I would serve and how I would serve them was how I was able to scale that up so quickly. Uh, things have changed so drastically in the social media space since since we started uh, with our agency. You know, like you're talking about there, Nikita. You know, the amount of engagement you used to get on organic content was crazy back in 2016, 17. Um, I'm curious, what were some of those gaps that you saw on the IG side that made that made that was kind of an epiphany for you to be like, hey, I got to get into this because there's a void that's missing. Absolutely. Definitely one of the, the biggest strengths that travel agents have is, oh, we got some kitty uh, <laughs> over here making an appearance. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest gaps I saw was the understanding of how social the flow of social media works. And uh, many service-based businesses miss this because um, social media at a time, and I admittedly, you know, back in 2016, it was just output. You're like, let's just share all the content. And I remember when we first started our media company, we were posting like 10 times a day and the algorithm had no problem with that. Um, and then it came to a screeching halt. I think it was about 2017 when they made that massive overhaul. And you really had to be discerning about what you were posting and be a little bit more specific about when you were posting it. And that was where I saw the gap with travel agents um, because many service-based businesses forget that they do need to be discerning and they need to be a main ingredient in their content and they need to be showing exactly how they serve their clients and how. And it is, yes, travel, beautiful travel photos are great, but you got to dig a little bit deeper below the surface and really show up. So that was the main gap that I saw, showing travel agents how to reposition their social media content to really put themselves at the forefront of it so they could start building their no like, and trust. And that would be what would result in more clients for them. Have you noticed, um, or maybe you could speak to the challenge that you may face at times trying to embed yourself within a business or, you know, if, if you're doing social media for a business when you are not that business and, 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 and maybe what, suggestions can you offer to people that are managing social media for another business? 
Absolutely. I think that's a really something you got to do from the jump is really figure out what their vision is, what their mission statements are, and really kind of immerse yourself very quickly in understanding exactly what that business does and how they serve people. So you can speak from a place of really knowing exactly what they're trying to achieve at the end of the day, because you're right, there are many people who, who manage social media for other clients, but I think that that's the best way to make sure that you're aligning with their with them and their voice and their brand is immersing yourself right from the get-go and getting those key messages together and things like that that you can be putting out on a regular basis. And sometimes it might mean that you have to write for that company too, because especially if it's a service-based business, people do need to see who it is that's kind of behind the curtain, whether it's an individual you're uh, managing social media for, or it's a corporation or a business that has multiple employees. People do want to see who is serving them at the end of the day. So that may require you to write for them every once in a while as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, ultimately, the, the goal for, for today and something that you do so incredibly well for your clients is to increase engagement and put out more content. Because I know uh, for, for a lot of business owners and even just individuals on social media, this content output is a, is a major sticking point because, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons why. They, they, they want it to be perfect. They're afraid of people saying things on their posts that might be negative, whatever it might be. And, and what what I'm really interested in is is how do you effectively nurture your social media followers into clients and customers? Like like what is your process and and what do you teach to your to your clients? Right. It's to me it's all about the no like and trust factor because nobody buys anything from a stranger. We all want to invest money and we spend our money, we spend our dollars usually with a a little bit of emotion these days, right? We want to know that we're tr the business we're giving money to, we can trust them. And we need to have that level of know and like as well. Um, people spend so much time on social media now and they are, they are looking to see who's showing up, when and what they have to say to see if there's some alignment in their own vision for their life to you know, decide where they're spending their money. So know, like, and trust is very, very important. You need to put yourself at the forefront of your social media content. And I think you're right, David, people do they find that intimidating. They're like, well, what if people don't like me? But the truth is, and I didn't say this, someone else smarter than me said this, uh, love me or hate me, there's no money in the middle. And that's the truth. You yeah. do have to, at some point, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And it's going to feel chafy. And you're going to feel like, ooh, okay, I'm about to put myself a little bit out there. But you <laughs> kind of have to because you want to, at the end of the day, to attract the people that are right, are right fit for your business and for the people that aren't to just, you know, keep on scrolling in the Instagram feed or on the Facebook feed. So it really comes down to building those relationships on social media, fostering conversations in your posts. So people genuinely start to feel a connection to you. And then that opens the door for the conversion. But in my experience, there is no conversion if you haven't laid the foundation and laid the groundwork beforehand. So you kind of have to do some of that nurturing. You've got to make sure your social media content is sparking conversations with people or that you're actively going out there and starting conversations with people and giving the engagement you want to get back. And then that will, you know, take some time. Social media is not an immediate thing. You may have a client who, you know, lands on your Instagram page and is like, yes, I want to work with this person and they'll call you up. And those people are great when it happens, but a sustainable business usually works well when you have a steady stream of people coming in the door. And most of those people, they take a little bit of time. You've got to warm them up. And so you've, lay, you've got to lay that foundation for the conversion by nurturing people. And that happens in your content and in the things that you do on social media every single day. 
And to your point about uh, love me or hate me, there's no there's no money in the middle, which I love, by the way. What is your thoughts on on choosing a specific niche to focus on? So, like, do you encourage your clients to to niche down, kind of in the same way you have done with travel agents? And and if so, what are a couple examples of travel niches that you would recommend or suggest to some of your clients? Right. I have clients who have niche down very specifically and some that are a little bit more broad. And I always recommend that if you can niche down, that's really where the beauty happens because it's really difficult when you're managing one social media account to be able to speak to everybody. If you're trying to speak to everybody, chances are most people are going to land on your profile and they're not going to fully understand what you do. So if you sell destination weddings in particular, a future bride should be able to land on your Instagram and tell right away that that's what you do and that you can serve them. If you do sell destination weddings, but you also sell uh, trips to Fiji and also Bali and you also specialize in wellness yoga retreats to India, it's going to be really hard to make that person who's looking for the yoga retreat feel comfortable in your skills and also make that bride feel comfortable in your skills and make everybody, like, you're trying to please too many people and that's going to work against you on social media. It is a beautiful spot that you can be in when people can land on your social media profiles and self-qualify and be able to say, yes, I could be a customer of this business or no, and I'm going to keep scrolling. You want the people that you want to stick around. And it's really hard to do that if you haven't. You're not sending out the signals to say, I can serve you. This is the right place for you. I think the challenge therein lies, you know, somebody that is an agent and they're scared to maybe choose a niche because they might be missing out on opportunities in other areas. So maybe you can lend some, um, some suggestions on how an agent or how someone can find that niche to, to hit. Definitely look at your revenue first and foremost. I think that that can be a good indicator maybe of where you should be focusing your time and effort. What's bringing in the money for your business? But it isn't all about the money. It's also about what you love and enjoy selling because when you love and enjoy what you sell, you'll serve your clients better. If you totally hate the niche that you pick for yourself, you're going to feel miserable about it and it's going to show. So it is really important to find something that you do enjoy as well. And I understand that hesitancy to to niche down too far to the point where you're kind of turning people away. But listen, the, some of the most successful travel agents I will tell you that I work with are the ones that have gotten very, very specific about their niche. And they say, this is who I serve. And it's okay to say no, or I have another travel agent who can serve you. You will find that even if you are very specific about your niche, you will still get people who are like, oh, well, can you help me do this or this? And then that's up to you to decide whether, you know, behind the scenes you're helping them or you're passing them off to another trusted travel agent that you, you know, um, can, are working with. And that's a good opportunity as well to collaborate with other travel agents who are niching. So when they get clients coming to them asking for your niche, they can send them your way and vice versa. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Don't chase the money, chase the happiness and the money will come, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this conversation really kind of sparked something that somebody said uh, smarter than me as well. And that is, um, if you're trying to speak to everybody, chances are you're speaking to nobody. So um, that's great. Uh, The next point that I kind of want to get your take on is, is, is a debate that we've had constantly probably in in our office and probably on this show, to be honest, in the past. And that is, quality versus quantity when it comes to social media content. What's your perspective on that? I would always choose quality. So if you know that you can only put out three quality posts on social media a week, put out three quality posts on social media a week. Often there's a scramble, you know, for content because there's no pre-planning or any 
thought beforehand. And so you're like, what do I post today? And so there's a scramble and you just kind of post whatever you, what comes up in your feed. And for travel agents, oftentimes that's like, oh, well, a supplier sent me this. So I'm just going to throw it out there. But the truth is, is that really doing you good? Or is it, you know, showing to people that maybe you're not exactly as prepared or is it really serving you? I should say to, you know, prove to your followers that you are, that you're an expert, that you can serve them, that you really can speak to their pain points. So quality any, any day of the week and really take the time to think about what you're posting, how it's communicating to your audience, how it makes you sound. And ultimately at the end of the day, whether you're addressing their pain points, because everybody always thinks about what's in it for them and how you can serve them. So at the very least, your content should, you know, uh, speak to those, to those pain points of your ideal client. In regards to platforms, because, you know, we get these questions a lot. It's like, how many platforms should I be on? Do I need to be on TikTok? Do I need to be on LinkedIn? Should I be on Facebook and Insta? Um, like, what is your suggestion on uh, somebody that would come to you and be like, hey, what platforms do I need to be on? Should I be on all of them or should I just choose one or two? Absolutely. Uh, my answer is choose one or two that, you, that are really can be strengths for you. It is very overwhelming. And, you know, Instagram threw us all a, a lovely gift a few weeks ago in the form of Instagram reels. And so there was a bit of panic. Everybody was like, what are reels? How do I use them? How are they different than stories? And I was getting my DMs blown up because agents were like, what? I have not even used stories yet. And there's this whole new thing. And so there is that level of overwhelm that happens when you think about all the platforms. What you need to consider first and foremost is who you're ideal client is who are you trying to reach and attract your business and where are they online there are some demographic differences between the platforms i would say that you know your bread and butter butter really should be facebook and instagram at the end of the day and then of course within instagram there are all sorts of features are you using live videos are you using reels are you using stories my first inclination if you're a travel agent in particular is to definitely be on Facebook and Instagram. And then you dive a little deeper based on your niche. So if you're focused on business travel, then you definitely want to be on LinkedIn. TikTok is one of those things I'm still on the phone on. And maybe that for you guys too, it's a great platform. I've seen a massive wave of people kind of come back to Instagram or come back to Instagram because of reels. So I don't know what's going to happen with TikTok. I certainly don't think it's going away anytime soon, but I'm still on the fence about whether it's going to be another Snapchat where it's there, it's, things are going on, but um, I don't know yet if that's uh, We've had actually that debate. We've had that debate a few times in office yeah. on the podcast about uh, TikTok. I actually really like the platform for creating video content, adding the, the way we can add music and create music videos and, and sharing that to Instagram stories. I love it for that. Um, it's also very addictive. It's a very addictive yes. platform. Yes. But uh, um, in terms of, you know, we talked a little earlier on about no like and trust. And I think Instagram stories is an amazing platform to build that no like and trust. Um, can you lend some suggestions or ideas for somebody that says, I don't know what to put on my story? Do I put personal stuff? Do I put my kids, my dog, me working at the office, my morning coffee? What kinds of content should people be putting in their Instagram stories to build that no like and trust? Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. Instagram stories is a beautiful, beautiful platform. Um, it's amazing that we can just turn our phone on and have access to our audience. Like think about 20 years ago, people paid big money to have that kind of access to the audience. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we have it just like turn on your phone and you have that access now. So when it comes to growing that no like and trust factor, I like to break it down. When it comes to your no factor, it means you're talking about yourself every now and then. So you're popping into your stories to share your favorite things, what you're doing that day, maybe peeling back the curtain a little bit and showing some behind the scenes of what you're working on in your business. That like factor comes down to relatability. And so you're thinking about things that your audience likes there where you can find some common ground to start talking about. So for example, I don't know, I offhandedly mentioned Real Housewives the other day on <laughs> Instagram, not thinking much of it. And then like three people were in my Instagram DMs talking about Real Housewives. So it's picking some commonalities that you might have with your audience and talking about those every once in a while, sprinkling those into your stories. So if you know that your audience is women who are like, love a sangria on the porch on a Friday night, then share your sangria on the porch. Like, ah, oh, it's Friday. So glad it's the end of the week. Just going to tune out with a little sangria on the porch. And then I'm going to watch a movie. Hope you guys have a good weekend. So Instagram stories, what I love about it, it's very casual. You don't have to be super formal. And in fact, you're not meant to be super formal. It's meant to be a fun platform. And then when it comes to the trust factor, you're popping in every now and then to say, oh, I just woke up to this beautiful email from my client who said this, this, and this. Thank you so much. I love working with you or sharing a screen screenshot of an, a Google review to say, oh, we love this kind of thing. So you're building that trust by showing people, oh, you know, I have clients, they like me, they like working with me. So that's a good opportunity with Instagram stories as well to just pop in. But the number one thing that to remember is that make sure you're a common thread and all of that. And sometimes it's super tempting. I'll just throw a quote up or I'll just throw like other people's repurposed content and there's nothing wrong with that. But Growing the no like and trust means that you do have to be present in your content um, on a regular basis. So you do have to show up now and then and say, hey, how's it going? And now a word from our sponsors. Are you ready to have your local business stand out from the rest? Guelph Website Design is ready to apply their creativity and expertise for you after discussing your overall goals to get down to the core of who you really are and what you're hoping your business achieves. Go on and check out GuelphWebsiteDesign.ca. They're only a call away. I just actually recorded a quick story, as you said, behind the scenes. I'm like, this is a great opportunity to pick up my phone and do a quick story. So I just did that. Um, but it made me think, like, this is not an amazing piece of content. You know what I mean? I'm just taking a, a shot of my screen here. So in terms of perfection, do you, like people, a lot of people like, I uh, want to be a perfectionist. If it's this quality versus quantity thing, I have to be perfect with everything I put out, right? Is that necessarily the case with Instagram stories or maybe it's you gain that trust just by being natural and recording everything that you see? You know what I mean? The real true life. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think there has to be a little, uh, you kind of have to meet in the middle a little bit. What I think where is a beautiful part of 2020 is that we've come to a place where we don't, perfection is out the window. We've all been in our sweatpants at home for the past six months, you know, with a, a suit on top, but sweatpants on the bottom as we're all sitting on Zoom calls, right? So I think everybody's just like, it's okay. You, you don't need to be perfect. And thank goodness we're at that place because we're get, it was getting a little bit overboard where we were all having to be perfect on camera, perfect setup, perfect lighting. So it's okay to just show up as you when most small businesses don't have a massive elaborate setup and travel agents ask me all the time, well, what do I need to go live? And literally you need a tripod and your phone and a window. That's it. Use nature's ring light and just get it done. At the end of the day, it doesn't need to be perfect. You can do it again. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first. Um, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. So <laughs> you're hearing from somebody who has, you know, I am, I have rehabbed from that needing to be perfect all the time. 
And what it always comes back to is your audience is there waiting for you. They want to hear from you. They want you to bring value to the table. And if you're always just caught up in the perfection of it, you're never going to be able to deliver for them. So abandon the perfection. Nobody wants perfection anymore. It's okay to show up as you are. Absolutely. And going back to that quality versus quantity thing, I mean, I agree with you 100% that quality is more important than quantity. I think my definition of quality differs a little bit because I don't necessarily think that an Instagram post needs to be perfect in terms of the best photo, the best lighting or, or anything like that. Like you can have that sort of raw content uh, or raw image that you post. It just has to be thought out. And that's for me where quality comes into play. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Sometimes travel agents look at my social media and they're like, but Nikita, all of your photos are perfect. And <laughs> listen, it's mostly because I batch create my content. And so yeah. I'm never like, oh, I need a photo. I usually have a bank of photos. And so that's a good hack for you guys. If you're wanting to create some perfection, I'm going to say is, you know, plan a photo shoot. I've yeah. trained my husband to take good photos of me. So whenever we're anywhere, I'm like, all right, here's the light. Just take the photo, <laughs> we're good to go. So don't use my Instagram, for example, as a standard for how you need to, to make yours look because you're right, David. It doesn't all have to be 100% perfect. There are some quick ways to make your photos a little bit more, uh, you know, easy to, to, I guess, like, easy on the eyes, just bump up the shadows, bump up the brightness, make sure it's it's bright. That would be my only like hack. If you've got some photos that you've taken with your phone that you want to share, make sure they're bright enough for people to see what's going on. And that's really it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I think what's important, and, and I, th I think I forget the actual stat. I think it's like people make a decision within three seconds of seeing your grid and make that decision on whether or not they should follow you or not. So I think it's so important to understand the aesthetics of that grid of nine. When people go to your profile, those first images that they see, they need to look clean. They need to look crisp. There should be some level of consistency, not cut off text and things like that. Is there any uh, advice you can give for making that actual feed look aesthetically pleasing when somebody's making that decision to follow you? Absolutely. And that goes back to those bright photos. You'll see in mine, they're all very, very bright. And that's because it's appealing to the eyes. So if you're taking photos on your phone, you can do it on your iPhone or your Android. Just bump up the brightness to make sure people can see what's going on. First things first. Second thing is sizing things properly for the platform. Most small businesses have a Canva account now. I know travel agents are very big on Canva. So it makes it easy for you, know the, for you to know the sizing of things. Just throw it into Canva if you're not sure. Um, and then when it comes to designing things in particular, make sure you're staying on brand. So don't use 50 colors. See, this is the thing about Canva. I love it, but it is like a smorgasbord of everything. So people go in there and they're like, Ooh, you know, uh, squirrel syndrome and they just want to use all of it because it's beautiful, but you've got to pick a standard. So pick a couple of templates that you can use on a regular basis and cycle those through. And I see a couple like one to two and that's it. That's a wrap on your Canva. <laughs> <laughs> which is t hard to do, but keep your colors consistent. So make sure you're using one to two colors, one to two fonts, and that's it. So um, make sure that there's some continuity in the look and feel of everything. And that may mean that you, you might need to go to a designer and get a branding kit put together. But if you're working on the fly and you haven't graduated to that yet, just pick a couple of colors you can work with and stick to those colors and pick one to two fonts that look you know, look okay together and stick to those as well. I think the important, the important thing to note there is that, and one of the important reasons on why you want things to be consistent is people are scrolling through their feed a mile a minute and you want people to pass through your post and be like, hey, that's a Nikita Brown post. 
stop and consume the content. And if you're as a smorgasbord using all these colors and this and that and different fonts, well, people, it's going to confuse people and they're just going to scroll past your content. Yeah. And related, uh, sorry, not relatability. Relatability is important on Instagram, but what the other R that's really important is readability. So you don't want to stack your graphics and things like that with way too much text overload to the point where people are having to like zoom in on their phone to read it. Keep it super, super simple and clean and then elaborate in the caption if you need to, but keep it just like very, very simple. doesn't have to be crazy elaborate. Awesome. Well, this, uh, this section of our show has been amazing. You provided so many incredible golden nuggets for the business owners out there to, uh, to hopefully create some more content on their social media platforms. I, I want to transition things a little bit um, as at this recording, it's mid-September and we're still currently dealing with COVID. It's crazy to think that we still are, um, but I'm just curious to know, obviously feel free to share how maybe your business has been in, impacted, but what advice would you give to the travel agent in this case that started out in this business, travel agency, one month before COVID? versus the veteran agent that has been doing it forever and if you think they should take different approaches right so that's a great question for the um new travel agent well i guess i should start by telling you how it's impacted my business for me um travel agents have slowed down so they have time to focus on social media and i've been doing a lot more teaching over the past few months because they have time more than ever before so we've really been working on how to show up, how to realign, how to make their social media content more better, how to implement some new strategies that will take them, you know, into 2021. So that's been really, really good. Um, in terms of the, the new travel agent that just started, if you're not actively selling, or maybe if you're just kind of starting to sell, now is the time to focus on gearing up for the conversion. We know that things are going to reopen. Um, and travel might look a little bit different. We're not really sure exactly, but we know that at some point travel is going to, the floodgates will reopen. So now is the time to focus on nurturing your audience. So building relationships, starting conversations, going out there and actively engaging with people who look like your potential customer, because you want them to be primed and ready for the conversion when the time comes. And you, if you're waiting till travel reopens to be present on social media, you've waited too long. Now is the time to really be nurturing and nurturing. So people feel that no, like and trust factor. So when it reopens, bam, they're ready to book with you. For the veteran agent, same thing. You want to keep showing up on social media to make sure that, you know, people know you're still in business. There have been casualties, not just in the travel industry, but across the board in all of the industries. Businesses have gone under or are no longer operational or taking a break. Now is the time to make sure that people still know you're still in business and you're still ready to serve them. So when the time comes, if it's now or if it's later, they know that you're there to help them. For the veteran agent as well, this is a good time to be circling back around, following up with your clients and not necessarily saying like, are you ready to book? But just to check in on them to say, how are you doing? How are you, how's your family doing through this? So they know that you're thinking of them. That's going to go a long way for when they're ready to travel. And it's good for you to stay top of mind with them now. Such an advantage for veteran agents or, or veteran businesses for that matter. You know, in our experience, we've noticed, you know, if we're working with a restaurant that's been around for 20 years, how easy it is to stimulate that audience and get people to engage on it compared to a brand new business that's just opened up where there's no trust and no authority. So I think that's a huge opportunity for any veteran in the travel space or business owner out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And just, just curious, kind of along the same vein is what, what 
what's something that COVID has opened your eyes to in your business and or the travel industry as a whole? Like what's one thing that you can't believe you didn't do before or that the travel agency or industry didn't do before um, with all of this that has now gone on? Well, I think it's opened my eyes to really and truly how important social media is because we've gotten to this point now where um, face-to-face interactions are at a minimum. So travel agents aren't going to trade shows. They aren't doing bridal uh, bridal uh, things. What are those called? Bridal shows. Bridal shows and things like that right now. Um, So social media is really where they're interacting with most people. You know, some of them... Are, they'll, they'll get clients from the carpool line at school and things like that. All of that has been kind of shaken up a little bit. So social media is more important now than ever. What I think that travel agents and businesses are learning to do better now, which is something that I've always said, even back in my media days, was buckling down and using some of those, I like to call them breadcrumbs, especially on the Instagram platform. Your client, your ideal client is leaving breadcrumbs all over the place uh, with the hashtags they use, the geotags, the accounts they follow. And now travel agents and business owners are learning to use those breadcrumbs to go and find their ideal client and be proactive. Like I said, those scrappy, scrappy strategies, you know, it's no longer, whoops, I got my cat here (laughs) rubbing up on my laptop. And it's no longer waiting for people to come and find you, but it's actively going out and finding your ideal client and taking yourself from virtual stranger to that no like trust to cue yourself up for the conversion. Awesome. Perfect. Well, that's pretty much all I have for today there. Jay, do you want to add anything else before we wrap things up? Breadcrumbs. Is that yours, Nikita? I think. I mean, I don't want to say I coined it, but maybe I coined it. I'm not sure. Love it. I love it. I'm going to borrow it. All right. You're so Um, welcome to it. Maybe I need to trademark it after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, Nikita, what's the best way our audience can get in touch with you if they have any questions? They can always find me on social media. I'm there every single day at Travel Agent Collective on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Travel Agent Collective or at TravelAgentCollective.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. We want to want to thank you again for coming on today. And we end our episode with the same question every time. And that is, if you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, I probably would have, you know what? Okay, so pre the drama that's been happening, I would have said Ellen DeGeneres because, man, she was just like gold. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Will Smith. He's so pretty. He's solid. I would yeah. say Will Smith. Yeah. Ooh, no, wait, sorry. You asked me for one and I'm giving you all the people. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, that yeah. is one person that brands love. Yes. Mm. I, I honestly, now that you've said that, I can't believe we haven't heard that yet. He, you're right. He is amazing. Yeah. We've gotten a lot, you know, we've gotten a lot, but that's probably the most practical answer. We yeah. Got. That's the best right. one. I think mm-hmm. can't believe I didn't. Now if only I could afford him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. And we, uh, we really look forward to chatting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, Akita. Awesome. So there we go. Social media engagement. That was a plethora of value that you just got there from Nikita Brown. Um, breadcrumbs. I love that term. You know, it's a matter of finding those breadcrumbs and uh, to, to lead you to where those uh, the ideal audiences or ideal customers hanging out. Um, I love that. 
And, uh, you know, the quality over quantity debate has always been a thing. But at the end of the day, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously you want to churn out enough quality or quantity to be still relevant and consistent, but ensures a little bit of quality there as well. It's not just about churning out content for the sake of churning out content. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a ton of great references made in that uh, that episode. So uh, definitely give it a listen again. And uh, we know it will help your social media strategy moving forward. Thank you so much for watching on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you go rate, subscribe, give us five stars and all that jazz. And we're going to catch you next week. See you soon. Take care.